hi everybody and welcome to um, a very special uh, Kings of Anglia uh, video podcast with myself, Mike Bacon. And this is a little bit of a summer treat we're going to do throughout the summer, bringing you some, some town fans, some celebrity town fans, dare I say as well, who are going to let us know what their favourite ever Town 11 was. Now this, remember, is favourites, not best, because if we did best 11, as I said when I did mine, it would just be the UEFA Cup winning team. We can't all do that because that's no feature at all because we know all about that. <laughs> this is a bit of favourites. So anyhow, um, so the, look, I'm joined by somebody who is it's far too modest to call himself a celebrity, but I'm afraid he's going to be called that because this this chap is, is terrific. And, and what he achieved back in 1983, winning the World Darts Championship was absolutely extraordinary. I was there, gripped among, like many others, watching him. Well, he came in as a qualifier and ended up winning the whole damn thing, beating Eric Bristow in a thrilling 6-5 final. Um, his checkout of 138. Um, the name of his book, of course, which I, I, he hasn't told me to plug, but I'm going to plug it anyway, um, is, is, was terrific. Um, it's Keith Della. Keith, born in Ipswich, of course, and a massive Ipswich Town fan. He's followed the team from, from, from goodness knows where. He'll tell us more about that in a minute. Um, I just, just want to say how what, what terrific win that was. Keith, it's lovely to see you here. I hope you're well. I'm very well, thanks, Mike. Yeah, all good. Well, well what season. about... Back in the championship and then Premier League. That's what we're going to do. Come on. Oh, fantastic. Fighting talk from the off, Keith. I love it. Fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. Look, before we tell about your team, Keith, I must look. Hey, I like darts. Lots of fans like darts. I mean, come on. What? 1983. Wow. I mean, is it just like, do you Keith still remember it yesterday or is it fading a little now? No, I still remember the day in the morning. I used to, every, every day I was in the practice room about seven in the morning. I mean, no one came down to about 9.30, 10 o'clock. And I did the same every day. And players would go, Jesus, here he is on the practice board. But the thing is, they were all checking out the hotel and I was practicing every day. So to me, it was like a, I was into a routine. You practice, play for about three hours. And then if you're playing on the day, then you just chill out and then get ready for the match. And that's what I did all the time. And it, it worked really well for me. And uh, it was all about preparation. I didn't want to sort of be what some of them would stay in the bar and have a few drinks. To me, you can do that once the tournament's over. I had a cassette routine. And my manager at the time, um, Linda Batten and John Markovic, on the day of the final, they said, you can't do three hours in the morning. You're playing in the afternoon. So I still did about two hours. But it was just that day. And then obviously playing Eric, that was the dream for me. I knew the whole town were watching. And... Uh, and it was just really, I was just that confident I was going to win. Uh, I'd said to Peter Purvis, who was Blue Peter presenter, he said, I hear you're a good qualifier. I said, I'm better than that. I'm world champion at the end of the week. And he had 20 pounds on me at 66 to 1. So I think he had more of me the BBC. So, but it was just confidence. It doesn't matter what sport. If you're confident, then you can win. And the final really was fantastic. Uh, I should have won 6-3. I did say to Terry O'Day and John Lowe, in the break, it was, I was 2-1 up. I said, I'll win 6-3. I had seven darts, but my hand was shaking. My, my lips were quivering because I knew that I put in such a good leg that I knew I was going to get three or six darts at a double to win the title. And I think I just thought about winning before throwing the dart at the double and sort of really I bottled it, to be honest. And then it went to five sets all. I went one nil down. Eric broke my darts, which means I was in big trouble. And I think I went 12-15-12, so... It was just great. And I remember the next day, I mean, people said to me, 
what are you doing? I said, tonight. They said, nightclubs all want you to go. I watched match of the day in the hotel because I wanted to see Ipswich because we beat Charlton that day in the cup. And I went back to the hotel, sat, sat at the bar, pint of orange and lemonade, and watched match of the day. And they went, why aren't you going out? I said, no, nah, I can't be bothered. <laughs> you know, now, it's just... you see, now that's extraordinary, Keith. You see, the day the, the day you win the World Ducks Championship, you remember that town beat Charlton in the FA Cup. I mean, that's um, I love that. That's that a true town fan. Well, it was funny because I, they, when I got to the semi-final, BBT said if I beat Jockey, they want three sets in Grandstand live. Instead of, and then we finished the final off about an hour and a half after we played the three sets. I think about 10 to 6, it went live on BBC Two. And I always remember I was in the practice room and uh, I'd just come off. The, the, How are we doing? We were losing 2 0. I went, <laughs> oh no. And then next minute, there was me just sitting there, just waiting for the scores to come in. I thought I'm playing in an hour, but I was just, and then we won 3 2. And, I remember um, a couple of the players, I mean, it was now, they said they couldn't wait to get back on the coach to watch the final. They said it was the quickest they ever got changed after a match. And then to take the next day, I didn't know. Um, I was going back home to see my family and friends at, at Bunting Road in Ipswich. And the whole street had been done up. Mm. And the next minute, there was everyone was there, you know, the papers, the TV. And then I, and it was fantastic. And, about three months down the road, I played Eric in a rematch. Best of 11 sets, five legs of the set. It was one leg all, and I took 138 out, but I can't tell you what he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, one three is what you finished on to win the title. Look, Keith, we could talk about darts all day. I mean, I could. I watched the final. I remember watching it with your, all the chalk you had on your darts. That uh, chalk was all that chalk on you had on your darts. That was always very interesting. And um, I know, I still do it, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, but that's enough. Great, great little memory there, Keith, and fantastic what you did for Ipswich and yourself and everything. That's brilliant. Um, but look, but we're here to talk about your favourite ever Ipswich Town Eleven because obviously you're a big Town fan. Anybody who wins the World Darts Championship, these first questions: How did Town get on? Has uh, got to be a big fan, though. Terrific, <laughs> Keith. So look, what we'll do is. Um, Tell us a little about. Well, we'll just go. We'll just we'll just start off. I mean, tell me your formation, and then tell me your goalkeeper, and we'll 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 take it from there. Um, I've gone for a four four two. My first one, the goalkeeper, it has to be Paul Cooper for me. Um, Paul, he was such a good goalkeeper. And, I mean, when other teams got a penalty, normally you go, "Oh, we're one 0 down." You're going, "Hold on, he'll save. He'll save this penalty." I think. What how many did he say about six on the trot or something? That was just unbelievable. That he was just such a good goalkeeper. If you look at the gloves they used to wear compared to now, I mean now they're like um, cricket gloves, didn't they? But they were really small gloves that they used to wear there at that time. But Paul was uh, he was just so consistent, really. Um, I mean, we had Laurie Civil, who was such a small goalkeeper. Um, but Paul to me was really good for us. And as you say, when there was a penalty. I mean, we never get penalties at Portman Road. You know, I think we'd have to buy one to get one. Um, but he was just fantastic and, and saving them. And uh, I speak to him sometimes still on Twitter, you know. So it's, uh, no, for me, he's, he was my goalkeeper. He was a fine keeper, wasn't he? And like you said, a great penalty record. And of course, he was, he's one of the few players who wasn't an international in that in the Ipswich team at the time. Everyone else was internationals, but he never was. That's right. I mean, the, the goalkeepers we had were like Peter Schilt and Ray Clements. I mean, that was so tough. I always remember David Best because um, we're at Bunting Road, just a um, um, one-minute walk, the Ipswich Townhouse, and David Best used to have it. 
and he always used to the the van would come around where you can get some sweet cigarettes. He used to get about forty cigarettes a day, and you're thinking, Jesus, he's in gold for us. But uh, he was always there every day when that van come round. But a uh, bit old school then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, change with that anyway. So well, well, so so we got Coop, Super Cooper in goal. Um, I mean, again from my era, that's sort of, yeah, someone I remember very well. There'll be lots of people have that will have Coops. Um, right. So you've gone for any, so let's let's start off. I suppose let's start off with a let's start with a right back then, uh, Keith. I mean, who would you who would you have in that right back position? I've had to put in uh, Mr. Ipswich, Mick Mills. I mean, was it seven hundred and twenty odd games for Ipswich? He's my captain as well. He's got to be. He's got to be captain. Uh, Mick was. Um, I mean, say he played for England. He even played sometimes in midfield. I mean, Mick was a really, really. I'd say a solid footballer. You know, he read the game very well. He he was really just Mr. Ipswich for us. I mean, I know he still reports on the home games, and uh, to me, he was just a really good player. We played for England a few times and he played really well then. So for me, Mick was uh, definitely the right back and also captain for me. And of course, England captain as well. Um, I think people forget that we've got an England captain, you know, who rocks up to Portman Road every week to do a bit of commentary with Brenner. That's right. And uh, he talks a lot of sense. I mean, Mm. we we always put the radio on on the way back and uh, and Mick always seems to say the right things for me. And uh, but it's great. I mean, it's good to have someone like that talking about the club because you know the football's changed. I mean, people say like dance has changed. Nothing changes. They're still goalposts. They're still normally the same size football pitch. They obviously play with lighter balls and maybe lighter football boots. But uh, you know the football was still great then. Um, and we were. I mean, we were fortunate to see you know the great Ipswich team. Well, it's a few great interest teams, obviously, but for for me, you know, we were very lucky. Mm, okay, so look, we've got Mick at right. So we've got Cooper, we've got Super Cooper in goal, we've got Mick at right back. So rather than centre, we'll go to the left back first, um, Keith. So who would you have as the other full back in your team? I've gone for uh, Ipswich manager George Burley. Uh, George, he was very good at getting up the wing, and one thing George was really good at was crossing the ball. You know, he's such a good uh, player to across the ball and um, play for Scotland. Uh, but I mean, we were just really, we had good fullbacks. We've had a, a lot of good fullbacks over the years. Mm. And I just think George, I think he done great for us as a manager, you know, when we went up to the Premier League. But he, again, it was very much like Mick Mills. He was very reliable. He didn't really have hardly a bad game. It was just, again, a real good, solid fullback. I mean, nowadays, you know, the fullbacks are really left wings or right wings. Um, and they have, they have to get up up and down all the time. But back then, so much it was really more of you know your defender and make sure they don't mm. score. And if you can get up the wing and get get the ball across, and that's what George did. He was a very good defender, always in the good positions at the right place. And and when he went forward, you knew he had a good cross in him for the forwards to get onto. Of course, George. You know, as we George, George, we, we talk about legends at our club, at Ipswich Town, and we often talk about so many different people, especially obviously the '81 team. And George, obviously, he didn't play in the UEFA Cup final, but he was part of that squad. And of course, but no one went on to manage to the level he he played 500 games and then went to manage them and got them into the Premiership. I mean, you know, so Bobby was fantastic. What Bobby did over all those decades, but George is, I always think George right up there. What he achieved at Ipswich Town, I really, you know, as a player and a manager. He could easily have flopped. He could easily have flopped as a manager, couldn't he? It's exactly right. And uh, I see George a lot of times when mm. when I go to the Ipswich games. 
he was just telling me he just come back from Monte Carlo watching tennis. Him and his wife are massive uh, yes, tennis they are. fans. I said to him, I said, you go to Wimbledon, he went, it's very hard to get tickets. So anybody out there, get, get, get one of our best players ever and manager, get him some tickets for Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'll be delighted with that. Um, if somebody has a, they very much will say, Keith, he'll, he'll be delighted with that. So, all right. So, um, right. So we go to the centre-half. We've got two centre-backs. Well, Ipswich had some cracking centre-backs over the years, um, obviously. Um, Keith, where are you going with this? To me, uh, he was a good friend of mine. To me, he's the greatest player we've ever had. And I think he would have been the greatest centre-half of all time. And that's Kevin Beattie. I think Kevin um, was just unbelievable footballer. He was strong, you know, head of the ball well, you know, good foot on him, left foot. To me, he was just a brilliant, brilliant player. I mean, Kevin used to have the Ipswich townhouse just at the bottom of Bunton Road, across the road. And I used to see Kevin a lot. And... His leg would just come up like a balloon at the end. Uh, every time he played, it was just horrible. But mm. it was, and then it was funny that he started playing Sunday league. If you play Sunday league football with Kevin Beattie in your team, I think he's playing passes and they're going, "What's that? I ain't that quick." <laughs> <laughs> but he was just brilliant because I was ball boy at Ipswich as well, and um, sometimes I'd be at the bus stop and he'd give me a lift down to the to the ground. No, really. I remember one. Yeah, it was brilliant, and I always remember once. Um, European game, I was ball boy and he was banging on the door, you're going to get this today and I thought, Jesus, nowadays you'd be suspended but he was just such a fantastic footballer. Yeah. I mean, he got, I mean, when they go a bit Beckham goal from a halfway line, Kevin got one against Leeds United mm, and I always, I always remind Man United fans who I know, Kevin Beatty done it before with Beckham anyway, so it don't really matter but, and Kevin, we become really good friends, um, you know, when, I mean, it's just horrible, really, when you think the players that they earn today and the money then, I mean, Kevin deserves, you know, millions and millions at the time mm. because he was such a million-pound player. Mm. But unfortunately, the money wasn't there and and it was just hard. I mean, I always remember a story. I, I had Kevin's FA Cup medal for about six months and he was just, you know, was going to get rid of it and I brought it off him and I just kept it in the drawer. Six months later, I said, here's your medal. You're not, no one else is getting it. <laughs> oh, he, was just, he was. He was a really, really, really great guy. And to me, you'll never get um, a better centre-half than Kevin Beatty. Now, of course, you, 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 obviously the beat was a fantastic player. We all love watching him play. But who are you going to put alongside him then in your favourite Town eleven? then, um, Keith? Because obviously there's a bit of pressure here on somebody to play alongside the beat. We know who played alongside him most often. But have you gone for the obvious one or are you going for someone a little different? I've gone for Terry Butcher. I just feel oh, that, that's um, now you I tell you what, you, you do well centre forward, get past both them two, get one and one will get if the other one doesn't. I know. Well, big Al, I just remember I spoke Alan yeah. once. He went well, they went past me, they used to go on the ground after that. So <laughs> but I mean you got Russell Osman, there's so many good centre halves. We've had mm. some really good ones, but to me, Terry was just he was just so good in the air. Again, very much like Mick and George, always in the right place. You know, he was just a brilliant footballer and, and then the famous headband, you know, it's like legendary, wasn't it? But mm. to me, I, feel, I felt that a couple of seasons ago when the town's defence was not the best, and I, I used to say, why don't they employ you twice a week, you got, you mm. know, and work on them? Because the basic mistakes that we were making, you know, they, you've, got a, you've got someone like Terry Butcher living in the area to go there and, and help the players. And I think the, the, the new Ipswich managers already met all the players like Russell and George and Terry and 
picking their brains and I think that's a brilliant, brilliant way to, to have done it. So for me, Terry played brilliant for England and uh, I just think that against alongside Kevin, they would have been very hard to get past. Oh gosh, yeah. You don't want to be you want to be play up against those two. Did Terry captain England as well? I can't remember. I think he might well have done. He might have been England uh, captain as well. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Somebody on the there's anyone commenting on this will perhaps let me know. But um certainly what a what a legend Terry Butcher was. Oh gosh, we're so many legends. Your, your back four is full of legends, Keith. It's, it's extraordinary. I know. It's extraordinary back four. <laughs> yeah, but it's wonderful. So um there you go. So right, so um we're moving at the midfield now though, um, Keith. I mean there's um so again, we'll go sort of right, left, then the two centres. So on the right of midfield, who would you who would you have going up and down? Just playing just in front of Mick Mills there on the right. Well, I've got sort of four midfielders, so they might have to move left and right a bit. But oh, okay. the first one has to be John Walk. I mean, John Walk, Jesus, how many goals is it? Nearly twenty goals a season in midfield. I mean, nowadays midfield players in the Premier League they get about nine goals, and they're wonder wonder players, didn't they? <laughs> But, I mean, John Wall is timing of a run. I don't think you could ever get anyone better. You know, we, all the times he would just ghost in, score a header, took penalties. To me, he was just a brilliant, brilliant player. And you just knew that he must have scored a goal. I mean, to get roughly 20 goals in a season, centre-forwards think they've had a great season. And we, we had a midfielder that just kept scoring. He went to Liverpool, still scored goals. Mm. And he was just a, a fantastic midfield player that knew how to score, but, you know, he put his shift in all the time as well. I mean, that's the thing. I think what, 81 season, he got 30-odd goals. I mean, it's extraordinary for him. Yeah, you're right. In this day and age, if if, if someone gets 15 of 12 from midfield, they're, they're considered, as you say, a sort of in the next Maradona. But um, back then, I mean, Walker used to score for fun. Of course, he was a midfielder. I mean, that was it. He, he worked yeah. hard in defence and then got up front. That's right. And uh, it just, as I said, he had goals in him all the time. And you don't say that really about a midfielder. You just say, well, look, nowadays, if, if a midfielder gets five or six goals, then he's not, he's had a good season, really. Mm -hmm. but, but for John, it was just, you know, he just liked scoring goals and, and good penalty taker as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, unfortunately, at that time, we lost all our best players to like Liverpool, Man United, mm -hmm. Arsenal. So, that was the hardest thing for us, but it's just a great football team. Right, that's one of your four, Keith. I mean, you, these midfields are going to have to be versatile. You said that you're not you're not putting them in any structure. They're going to have to no. play. They're going to have to play all over the place. They're going to have to right, left, centre, back, forwards. You, you name it. I put in Brian Tolbert, which maybe I'm not sure how many people would, but to me again, very good at up and down the box all the time. Also, again, you know, scored goals and. He was, to me, was another good player that, again, that we, we lost after our brilliant UEFA Cup time. And and I think Brian went to Arsenal because he played in three cup finals, didn't he? Well, that was 78, Brian Tolbert. And then he played in three cup finals on a trot. Between you, between you and me, Keith, he's in my favourite eleven as well, Brian Tolbert. I, I thought no one else would put him in. I thought I, I thought I'd thrown a bit of a curveball in there, but you've gone and you've gone and <laughs> you've gone and copied it. Fantastic! You you knew what you could obviously tell. He's I mean, he's one of my favourite players. He did he was excellent, wasn't he? he um, as you're right, he won the FA Cup. I think three years on the trot. Well, he lost one, didn't he? Remember? Sorry, yeah, yeah, he got in three finals. Sorry, yeah. The, the fame, the one that um, that was where he lost to they, they beat Man United, didn't they? Was it? Yeah. Last minute, and then they lost the other one, didn't they? they? But uh, yeah, I mean, Brian to me again, 
they're honest footballers, aren't they? You don't you didn't see them rolling all over the place like they do now. You know, they get up, let's get a goal in us. Come on, boys, you know. And again, up and down the midfield, non-stop. But again, had a goal in him. And that's, this is what we had at the time. We had midfield players that could score goals. And I think that took a lot of pressure off the centre-forwards. Brilliant. Right, so that's two of your four. So you've got um, you've got Walkie and Talbot. Who else you got in that midfield? And my next one is France Tyson. So oh, he was, legend. Oh, what a player. What a player he was. He um, he used to dribble around him, didn't he? I mean, they just couldn't get the ball off him. It was, you know, as soon as he got the ball, he went at, he went at the defence, went round the defence, scored goals, laid goals on. And to me, it's, I mean, when we got um, the two Dutch players, that really changed our side to such a brilliant team and created mm. more more than anything. They just created so much for us. And Franz Tyson, you know, he never shouted out about the football. He just got on with it and was just a brilliant, brilliant player. Fantastic. Yeah, Tyson was brilliant, of course, part of the Tyson-Muir um, uh, combination. Um, so that's, I mean, he, he, was, he was a wonderful player, Tyson, as you rightly say. Um, so, right, so we've got Tyson, we've got Walk, we've got Tolbert, and we're going to have alongside them three... Surprise, surprise, Arnold Muir. No, really? Well, <laughs> oh, extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, them two together, as I said, when they come, they transformed our club so much. Mm. I mean, Arnold Muir's pass, and he put it on a sixpence, wasn't he? I mean, that was how mm. good he was. Dead ball, free kicks. But you give him the ball, and uh, you had the boys up front. You knew that was coming straight for you. And he, to me, he was a great player. I think he was better for us than he was when he went to Man United. Yeah. But I think most of the players that left, the players like Franz Tyson, a lot of them that left didn't play as well as they did at Ipswich. Because I just think we just had such a great side that, I mean, in 81, we were voted the best team in Europe, mm. even though we weren't league champions. Although we, I did say to Peter, with it a golf do, we beat you three times that year and you won the league. You're lucky, <laughs> you know. But he's a big lad, but I, I said it from You're brave. Time, very, you're very brave, Keith, go up to Peter with and tell him, <laughs> well, I was playing in the British Par 3 uh, on Sky, and it's brilliant. It's so um, it's about a 1,000 people on the course. And they kept saying to me, hit your shot. And Peter Wibb was sitting there, kneeling down, looking at his putt. And I went, a bit dodgy, and I shanked it, unfortunately, up the bottom, <laughs> if I can say that. And he went, you could have waited. And as I walked by, I said, is it in play still? When I saw him in the evening, he went, "Oh, it you come here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, well, it, yeah, ex exactly. So, I mean, that, that's that's. I mean, Muir, Muir, as you rightly say, was was a terrific player, and um, yeah, well, that's a pretty that's a pretty strong a strong four there, um, um, Keith. But we're we're now heading we're now heading. Um, but by the way, if you are listening, if you're watching, listen to this. If you, I, I did uh, interviews with uh, Franz Tyson and Arnold Muir for the '81. UA for Cup celebrations, the 40-year celebrations. You'll find them on our Kings of Anglia podcast here. If you delve back a little bit to find a, um, um, the podcast I did with a pair of them, which was brilliant. Just thought I'd throw that in while we've got, since Keith has mentioned them. Um, right, so go up front then, Keith. You've got two strikers. Go. I've gone for Paul Mariner. Paul Mariner, a um, friend of mine. What a player he was. I mean, mm. in the air. I mean, it was just... It was just a well, he, he scored great goals. I mean, I always still remember the goal against West Brom when he turned it and bang, top corner. <laughs> but Paul was brilliant in the air as well. And to me, he was the all round centre forward. If the ball's on his feet, he can score. Same with the head. And again, went, went to Arsenal, done well at Arsenal, but 
to, to us, Paul for me is the best forward that I've watched in my time at Ipswich. I know obviously um, Ray Crawford, but that's a little bit before my time. But actual watching centre forward, I like to watch was Paul Mariner. Mm, he's a great player, wasn't he? But who'd you put alongside him, Keith? I mean, it's such a, it's an icon of Ipswich Town that he was. The other one I've gone for is Alan Brazil, um, oh. which I just like the way Alan played. He he got the ball forward. I mean, his left foot, Jesus, he put that ball on the left, on the left foot anywhere near the box that was in the net. And uh, to me, Alan, I think he found it hard at Man United, even though I think his ratio goals were still like one in two mm. and then went to Tottenham. But they never really gave him a chance enough, I didn't think, at Man mm. United. But for us, I mean... He was um, great in the in the uh, UEFA Cup team and scored a lot of good crucial goals, Alan did. Mm. Um, when you look at the big games that we had, Alan was on the score sheet quite a few times when it really mattered. And to me, um, his left foot was just brilliant. And uh, for me, I've put Alan in. I, it was so many good forwards we could have put in there, but I just remember the, the, the good matches that I saw and I put Alan against with, with Paul Mariner. And of course, Brazil and Muren had a great combination, didn't they? Both left footers, weren't they, as well? Mm. So it's, uh, they worked really well together. And uh, he was very good at making good runs, Alan was. Mm. I mean, I think, I, think, I think Brazil was, to me, Brazil was the only person who came close to be, he was a brilliant finisher, wasn't he? And the only yeah. person who came close to that was Marcus Stewart later on came. He came that sort of classic finisher. We always fancied Marcus was going to score when he was one on one or whatever. Slightly different way they approached it, but. The yeah, Brazil. the reason I put Alan Brazilian over Marcus is that Alan scored goals, more important goals in bigger matches like yeah, UEFA, UEFA Cup run and, and things like that. So that's the reason why I put Alan in because Marcus Stewart was brilliant for us. But mm. I just think Alan in the UEFA Cup, which is, you know, at the time we were the best team in Europe and we were, we, mm. they, everyone said that and he was scoring goals there. So that's why I think Alan deserved to go in. Right, finally, Keith, it's been great listening to your favourite eleven. Your favourite eleven is 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 a very much a right, almost a, almost part of the almost UEFA Cup stroke FA Cup squad sort of mixed together. Which I mean, wow, what a team it is when you look at it on paper. I mean, that's extraordinary. But now, I, I now I did say we're not to have substitutes, but you have insisted, and as world champion 1983, you're allowed to do what you like. So darts champion 93, you can do what you like, and you want to have, you want to have a substitute. So go on, Keith, My- you've got a sub and then a manager. Who are they? The substitute was always one of my favourite players, Trevor Weimark. Ah, I just, Trevor. Trevor, yeah. what a player. What a, in the air. I mean, the four goals that he got was at Southampton. Um, I was there that night. It was brilliant. But again, I mean, he was very much like Paul Mariner to me. He was, he was good. He held the ball up well and he was brilliant in the air. And I think that, I don't think he got the same recognition as some of the others that um, he should have done. He's very quiet and assuming person, but to me, how many good goals did he get for us? And uh, yeah. he played in some really good teams. And I put Trevor as me as me sub. I know it's normally Mick Lambert or <laughs> Roger Osborne every saying because of the FA Cup. But to me, Trevor was a, another very good goal scorer for us as well. Yeah. And my manager has to be the late Sir Bobby Robson. I mean, we were very fortunate to have Sir Alf Ramsey, Sir Bobby Robson. I mean, it's very hard to choose between them because, you know, Sir Alf Ramsey took Division 2, then to Division 1. But we won the FA Cup, we won the UEFA Cup. And when you watch the, the documentary on Sir Bobby Robson, when he first came to the club, it was like, you know, what you're doing here. And, and when you think 
where he went from what he'd done, PSV, Barcelona. He was successful around the world, and that to me is the reason why. Not also because we are two or two of our three biggest events is the FA Cup and the UEFA Cup. I think that Sir Bobby Robson is my manager, but you could put Sir Ramsey as well. Mm. I mean, it's you know to win the league, which is the the main league, and the Division Two, Division One in two years is unbelievable. But I mean, my dad, my dad when he was alive, used to see um, Sir Bobby Robson a lot of times when he's walking when he walked to work, you know, and always uh, used to say hello and mm. just a very he was a lovely man, wasn't he? I mean, mm. yeah. you know, he's yeah. so respected by. I mean, Newcastle was his love because he was from that part of the world. But his two loves really were Newcastle and, and Ipswich, and we were we're very lucky to have you know two fantastic managers. I think we've got another fantastic manager at the moment now that I think can go on and do great things for us. Mm, well, let's hope so. Kira McKenna, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it, if he can go? I mean, yeah, Robson, I think a lot of people might see this, you know, they sort of sit there thinking, well, I never saw all these days. What were they like? You know, all these people keep talking about it. And, you know, I haven't really seen those so long ago, but it was very magical, wasn't it, Key? Although I think, I don't know about you, I look back and I think, do you know what, I think we took it for granted a bit. We sort of just seemed to think it was just going to carry on forever. And this was just the way it was. We were just good. And we had a good manager. That's, that felt a bit like that at the time, I think. Well, and also the problem is that we were a brilliant side and we had great players, but the bigger clubs um, mm. had the more money they wanted. If you can't, you know, if you get a chance to go to Manchester United and Liverpool, I mean, they're some of the greatest teams ever. You can't blame them. I mean, it's, uh, mm. it's, it's, I mean, it's like me on the dark side. I played for Suffolk, then I went and played for London with the big boys, you know, mm. because that was where the, you played in front of a thousand people in a county match. So it's just, mm. you just want to do it, you know. It's not mm. that you don't love the place anymore. It's just that uh, it's football. And now, I mean, it, I mean, I think with Kieran McKenna, I just, I met him um, uh, two months ago. And uh, really, really nice person. And my daughter, Lauren, who um, is a physio at Ipswich as well, um, saw Kieran, I think, a couple of weeks ago after the last game of the season. And he sat there and had a chat with her for half an hour. And I thought, mm. you know, really nice. And hopefully, I mean, we can keep him and we can, you know, I think we, we're playing some lovely football. We're playing some lovely football, but we've got to score goals, score goals. And when you look at the teams that um, have been in the playoffs they've had one goal scorer haven't they that scored mm. I mean Macaulay Bond I thought it was great because he's a chantry lad like me I was hoping Macaulay would but he, he, you know he started fantastic but it's um, what is nice so far that I've seen that they've all said you know they love their time at Twitch and it doesn't seem to be so great so I wish any of the players good luck wherever they go but I just can't wait for next season I keep telling I was away the other day in Scotland and there was a Sunderland guy, and I went, listen, we're winning the league next year. We're, we're going to win it. We're going to walk that league. He went, well, I don't know about that. And by the end of it, he said, what, do you you'll win the league? I went, yes. He went, I'm having some money on it, and I'm a Sunderland fan. <laughs> <laughs> you, keep, you, keep, you keep getting people to put money on Ipswich Town all the time, Keith. You're quite good, for, you're quite good for the bookies. <laughs> well, I did, I, I did say that to Dean Ashton last year at the Par 3, you know. And, uh, I said, yeah, I said, look at that now. But it's just, it's a good feel fact, fact of the club now. We've got fantastic owners, brilliant manager. We've got some really good players. Now we've just got to take that next step and get in the, I think, automatic, forget play or play. Also, still a lottery in my book, but 
the support we're getting, you know, and uh, next year, you know, it's, it, I always say to people two years ago, the club was in a bad place. Football wasn't great. No, there was nothing really happening, was there? And, uh, no. you know, so we're, we've got optimism now that we can, you know, we're, when you watch the games, I've watched a lot of them, even on iFollow when I'm away, you know, we're out, we're out playing the teams. We're out playing mm. them. So, Fingers crossed. Come on, the town. We're here. Where's me? I was going to say, show, show, show yeah. your badge off. Show your badge off, Keith. I mean, there, there they go. Is. The badge is there. The badge is there. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I got me one free eight. Look, me one free eight shirt. There you go. Oh, <laughs> all the memorabilia is coming out now. All the memorabilia. Be, I don't know what's coming out next. I don't look. I don't think you might, you must smite some underpants on with some some flashy stuff. We don't do it, Keith. But anyway, no, so, I've got my darts. We set, yeah, we one three eight darts. <laughs> he's got his darts. He's got his shirt. He's got his Ipswich Town shirt. Keith, look. Let's let's before we go, just come on and let's reel off that Ipswich Town, your favourite Ipswich Town eleven again. Let's uh, have you got it all written down? We can go through it again, and um, and then we'll say goodbye. And uh, it's been brilliant. Cheers, mate. In gold, Paul Cooper. Mills, George Burley, centre halves, Kevin B. T. Terry Butcher, midfield, John Walk, France Tyson, Arnold Muin, Brian Tolbert, up front, Alan Brazil, and Paul Mariner, substitute, Trevor Weimark, manager, Sir Bobby Robson. And that will win the Premier League now and the Champions League. <laughs> Steve Della, absolutely fantastic catching up with you. You're an absolute legend at Ipswich um, for all you did in darts and a great Ipswich Town fan. Thank you ever so much for your time. And I hope you all enjoyed listening. We'll come back. Some There'll be some more people bringing down their favourite town 11s as the summer goes on. Keith, thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Mike. Cheers. All the best. Come on the town. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.